bring it up for Ohio State. You've waited all day for this. He's going to take it to the house. 85 yards. Down the right side going Devin Smith. Got it at the five and into the end zone. Touchdown. The one show that's nothing but the Buckeyes. Oh, and Graham for the touchdown. Graham shoots it high on the right for three. Yeah. This is the Buckeye Show. Presented by Schottenstein Roofing. For top quality and a price match guarantee, visit SchottensteinRoofing.com. What's going on, all you fine Buckeye fans? Timmy Hall here with you. We've got a nice little program put together. It is the last show that we are going to do in the month of February. Yes, because we've got Buckeye basketball tomorrow that starts a little bit earlier. And then you know what's going to be happening. We are on our way into the greatest month of the sports year, according to me. Yes. I can't wait. I cannot wait. And nothing can take me down from the high, really. I've got the chalkboard. I don't just have a chalkboard. We actually painted our drywall with that cool chalkboard paint. I've got the nice lighting right above it that's got the fader switch. So it's got some ambiance down there. I'm still planning on putting a little bar shelf right there to separate the the paint for the rest of the room color and that chalkboard, but it's a huge, gigantic thing. I've posted it on social media throughout the years. I thought that I would do other things on this chalkboard throughout the year, but once I put the 64 team, I can't get like the whole 68 with the playing guys on it. Once I put the NCAA tournament bracket up there, It just was so beautiful. It fit it perfectly. I could never put anything else up. So in the Hall household, that chalkboard, which dominates a lot of my basement, that is always the current. It's it's real. It's not predictions. It's a master bracket. That's what it is. Master bracket for the master builder of that bracket. And I'm about to wipe it and start new. March 17th, Selection Sunday. It's the greatest two or three weeks of sports for me. And it's that Thursday, Friday. I say it every single year. It's undeniable. There is just so much fun around that tournament. Before I started doing what I do and have this connection now doing pre and post game coverage for a big 10 basketball program. Of course we know where we are. We're in this little window here and I'll have some updates on that for the show here tonight with where the coaching search is going for the Ohio State Buckeyes. But I can't really scoot about the country anymore to take those in in person, which is just a passion of mine. I love doing it. Before I did this, I would just pick whatever sites were closest and try to get to first and second round. Sweet 16s and Elite 8s, those are good too. I've done that before. We had a Kansas Jayhawks year where they were down in Louisville, Kentucky, and that was one of the years they lost to Villanova. I think Villanova went on and won the title that year. Went and saw them. Thought the KFC Yum Center was fantastic. Nice environment for a newer place where Louisville plays. So I've I've gone and done that too, but nothing, nothing is like those... 12-hour bangers where you get the the noon and the 2.30 or whatever it is, and then you clear out the arena, you go get some barbecue, get some beer somewhere, and then you stumble back into the arena for the 7.30 p.m. all the way on to midnight. Like Peter Pan, second star all the way to morning. It's great. I love it. There's nothing better than March Madness. You've got games in Indianapolis and Pittsburgh this year. And really... 
as some people have pointed out recently for Ohio State with the recent wins over Purdue and Michigan State, the metrics are starting to look a little bit closer to what bubble teams have. If you look at where they are in the net rankings, and if you go and check out what their Ken Palm numbers is, but more so the net ranking, because that's the one that the NCAA selection committee is going to use. I still don't know if they've got enough left to to get in without winning the Big Ten tournament. So that's going to be really hard. I mean, if they can't get out of that bottom four, which you look at the standings right now, they've got this Nebraska game coming up tomorrow, which I will have another pair of tickets for you. If you stay tuned here, you'll get a chance to win a pair of tickets to see a big game tomorrow night, just to really keep the positive vibes going, if nothing else. If you're playing good basketball by the time you get to the Big Ten tournament in a couple of weeks, that's going to be the most important thing, just to feel like you've got a shot. And really, like you had to sort of get up for last year, you go into that as a fan as March Madness. If you are a diehard Buckeye fan, and you are still finding some positivity about the program, and maybe you're a little bit more excited now because there is going to be a new permanent head basketball coach, and you can turn the page and start building this and shaping this thing back into what it could and should be, then just go into the Big Ten tournament thinking that that's your March Madness. It will have that kind of feel. I I really try to get a head start on the NCAA tournament by letting all these conference tournaments just hit me in the face. I just want, I want to pay attention to as much of it as possible. The Big Ten, because of that's the conference that we're associated with, and if the Buckeyes can just get that first win, it's just about winning that first game to feel a little bit of that momentum and that positivity, and hopefully they can do that. So Jake Diebler had a press conference today, and I want to give you the comments of him hitting on the hot topic in sports. I actually went out there, and I was the one that had to get his thoughts on court storming, and I'll play that for you. But I also wanted to talk to him about just getting two humongous wins in his first three games on the job. And I'll tell you this, he really won't entertain the talking about becoming the permanent coach. And maybe that's because those comments from Ross Bjork, the new AD and the dispatch, and he wouldn't really talk about Jake Diebler. I don't know if that was because he doesn't see him in the cards or if it's just because He's currently in the position and doesn't want to mess with anything that's going on right there. But you'd think even, a, oh, Jake's doing a great job type of thing. Unbelievable for him to step in in game one and win that Purdue game. You would think maybe you'd get some kind of comment there, but there wasn't. But Diebler really is sticking to this line, and he's he's taking the we, not me type approach to what's been done in those two wins and says, not yet, no time to reflect on him just now. There will be a time and place to sit down and, and reflect on the flight home. Me and a couple of staff guys, like we did watch that last clip of Dale's three about 20 times. And every time you're looking at like a different guy on the screen and seeing the reaction. And and that was fun, certainly. And our guys, our guys deserve to, you know, celebrate those moments. But I'll tell you this, we practiced well yesterday. That's really cool. That's really cool from Jake Diebler. And he's got the right kind of mindset. He does. He just, he's living in the moment right now. He's having some fun. He wants to keep it about the players. He wants to keep it about his assistant coaches too. Cause this is, this is a tough time. And I, I feel, I feel good for Debs because 
it doesn't seem like any of this is really affecting him on the outside. He seems to be enjoying this. And it can't be easy when you're reading stories about the coaching search and who they're trying to get. And you're there right now winning a couple of big games. And it might feel like nobody wants you here going forward. I understand that's got to be a hard position to be in. So I, I commend him for that. And I hope to see these guys come out with a great effort against Nebraska tomorrow night. So 11 Warriors just put something out there. And what's interesting to me about the way the coaching search is going right now, and I, and I hate to kind of do that just after talking about what a good job Jake Diebler has done. I, I realize that. It's just this is where we are. This is where we are with things. But 11 Warriors put this out there, and they had a source saying that Sean Miller, as you know, we've thrown that name out there a bunch, right? He was one of the guys that we first thought of when this job became open as a logical kind of pick who's had a big job. He's had some stains in his past, and then he's – back at Xavier where he started his head coaching career. But that is uh, the leading candidate for the job, according to a source to 11 Warriors. So we know, again, a little bit of what he's done. He's been one of my guys. If you could have told me in the beginning, after you exhausted everything, and I, I had an idea of swinging big at first, and I understand that maybe you swing big, and those guys that you attack are happy with their place, happy with the, the spot that they're at, because... I'd like to think you're looking at guys that are already in big-time positions, making big-time money. You could maybe offer more. Maybe their programs come back and match that and that type of deal. But if it if it ended with a guy like Sean Miller, who I initially thought of as a logical pick, I'd be really happy. I'd be really happy with that. Even with the way the season's going right now, it's just his second year back at Xavier. There's some rebuilding of that program that had to go on, too. It's not like he's five, six years into his second stint at Xavier and he's having a 500 season or, you know, taking a lot of L's late in this season. He actually just ripped a lot of his guys this week. Some interesting comments you can look at from Sean about his team, ripping them and saying some of them don't even deserve to play anymore. Not going that, and that's what's different, right? About young coaches and a guy that's been around the block. You can get a little bit more rough around the edges. You can be a little bit more jerkish because you feel like you've, been there, done that, and you can speak a little bit more freely. I feel like the younger coaches, they kind of have to take some time to become that guy, to get to that spot. Jake's in the early stages of being an interim coach at Ohio State, so he's not playing it like that yet. But Sean Miller is there. Dusty May that we've talked about from Florida Atlantic. That goes back to the older report uh, from the dispatch from Jardy about how they've got some preliminary talks. So there's that for you. Chris Gent, the assistant coach in the NBA, who of course has... You know, LeBron James loves him a lot. A lot of respect going both ways between the King and Chris Gent and his history at Ohio State being here. Lamont Paris, the head coach at South Carolina with some Ohio ties. He's in there as well. Scooney, Greg McDermott, and then Jake Diebler is in there as well. But I just, I wonder about this. It seems a little eerie that this list right now, and you know what? I'm reading this list from 11 Warriors, 11 Warriors, my guys, they're part of the media, but there's got to be something more, you know, and I'm, I'm not privy to it. I don't have the knowledge of who that big name might be. I know I've heard some kind of steam about Thad Mata, and I don't really believe that. I don't really buy that because that was then and you're kind of moving forward. And I know he's got some key Buckeyes on his staff that might be cool with Greg Oden and, and John Diebler. Imagine if, you know, Odin, John Diebler, and Jake Diebler were all together, Thad. It'd be a wild scenario. I don't think that's going to happen. Point being, like I said in the start, there's got to be some big names out there. This is basically just the media's list. 
That's what it was. Like the day after the job opened up, we're all like, oh, yeah, you know, Sean Miller, that'd be a guy. Uh, yeah, Dusty May of Florida Atlantic, final four, four run last year. He's going to want a bigger spot. Lamont Paris having a huge year at South Carolina. Those are all just the guys we spitballed. There has to be some bigger names. Tony Bennett's, you know, guys like that. Shaka Smarts, Chris Beards, Musclemans, Nate Oates. Guys that are at big places that are ready to move. There, there has to be. So we, there's some things that we don't know, and that's what's interesting with it right now. All right, something seemed to be weighing heavily on a Buckeye who's trying to turn the page on his career. I, I owe you the court storming comments from Jake Debo too. I'm going to give you those. But little uh, little stuff from the NFL Combine today that I want you to hear. That's next. It's the Buckeye Show on the fan. All the 10 TV people come over to our side of the building to take a deuce. That should tell you something about how we operate. The fan. The show where we pay people extra to host with Timmy Hall. This is the Buckeye Show. <laughs> Not this time. Not tonight. Nobody else here. Just me. The Bode Man is here. Bode, you ready to work? I'm going to put you to work right now. I am so ready to work, Oh, Tim. good. You better be on those phones. I'm going to make it easy. Caller number 999. We'll just take a couple nines off that. Uh, we got a pair of tickets to see the Ohio State men's basketball game against Nebraska tomorrow, Thursday, February 29th. Leap day. So you can listen to the big man and bone leap day show where they're not really working because they're not getting paid to work. And then you can go catch a game that will be a real game on a not a real day. But if they lose it, then you can just toss it out so it won't go against your record. That's good. Tickets on sale through OhioStateBuckeyes.com, 821-9710. Before I go on to some football things from the Combine and some comments from a couple former players, head coach Jake Diebler, interim coach Jake Diebler of the Bucks. I had to ask him about one of the hottest issues in the sport of basketball, and that's storming the court. They had their fun against Purdue. But I, I brought up the Duke-Wake Forest one, the one that everybody was talking about, and he said that was a situation certainly that seemed too fast and too much of a court storming that got a little dangerous, but said he's not the smartest guy in the world to, to find the real issue to solve all this. But here's what else he said. You don't want it to entirely go away. It does seem to be happening more frequently and, and maybe not quite as special as what it once was. It seemed to be a time where it was like reserved for just the elite of elite wins. And I think back to what we've had here, like, you know, you got you know, top three, top three wins, you know, like that, I think. But some of these where it might be a, a top 15 or top 25 team or, you know, something like that, I, I, w- I would probably say hopefully – Again, those people that are much smarter will figure out a way to make it make it work. But I, I think reserving it for those really special moments, like th- that's that's something I would imagine students you know probably remember for a long time. You don't want to fully like remove that. I understand that. I think Jake's actually hitting on a really good point. It's that we're just doing it too much. It loses some of its luster. It's almost like how you've got jersey violations. You shouldn't wear a jersey of a team that's not playing in the game to the arena, right? Uh, who are you allowed to be a fan of? That type of thing. I'm really one to talk because I've, I've lived around some places and I, I wear apparel of some uh, several teams out there. I still don't feel that I'm breaking any rules because I, I have a code about that. I will not wear any apparel or garb of teams that are in the same division or key rivals 
of the teams I grew up cheering for. So as I've moved around in life, I've picked up the Kansas City Royals because I lived out there. And they're not direct rivals of the Baltimore Orioles, who was my childhood team. I would never cheer for the Eagles, Giants, or Cowboys. Sorry, Bodie. I hate your guts because I grew up a Redskins, hey, now Commanders fan. Anti-America. <laughs> hey, we're the Americans. We're in Washington, <laughs> D.C., baby. That's true. That's the Cap City. You guys, America's team, what a bunch of phonies. You Cowboys, for God's sakes. What a bunch of phonies. Pretty good, though. Except you can't get back oh, to the yeah, NFC yeah, Championship. Pretty good. They're pretty good at losing in the divisional round. About, Very good at how that. How about that? One of the most about esteemed Cowboys. What, what about the most esteemed team in the NFL? So they say they put up the graphic there. It's the Lions. It's the Commanders. It's the Cowboys. Longest drought of going to the NFC Championship. What an embarrassment! And the Cowboys are up there every year now for the past decade. You got to be good at something. Oh, good at failing. Right? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Washington really good at being. Seven and nine or seven yeah. and well, ten hey, nowadays. You get that May middle pick. Or Jaden Daniels, the savior. Yeah, yeah not this saying. not this time. Now they get a really high pick. Yeah. So let's see how they screw that one up. <laughs> we go to the NFL Combine here, and I point you to Tommy Eichenberg. You talk about a dude's dude, right? It pains me to hear guys that are turning the page and moving on to the next thing and trying to get your mind right for the NFL. And it has to come back. And that's the way it is, right? It's the way life goes. You can't do anything about it. You just have to do your best to go forward. C.J. Stroud, he could have come back and tried to right the wrongs of not beating the rival and that being part of his legacy. But he had to be cool with it. He had to be okay with it. I'm going to be a star in the in the NFL. And he went out and won Rookie of the Year. And he's moving on. He can't change the past. He chose to go on. Tommy Eichenberg was out of eligibility. He couldn't change it, but... I thought these comments here, they said a lot about how what it means to him not beating Michigan these last few years. I mean, you just feel, I, I felt like I let down so many people, really. I mean, especially being a captain, too. Um, you know, that's the standard is winning that game. And uh, it, was, it was very hard for me, but you got to keep moving forward. And I know that, hey, like, they, they got good. Like, they're good. They're a good team. Uh, but I don't want to say anything stupid. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean... I know from now on, like, you know, the Buckeyes, the Buckeyes would be good. So, If you hadn't heard Tommy Eichenberg speak a lot, I can't say that we've played a ton of his postgame sound throughout the years here, just because we've got so much, for one, and there's so many big-time players there that we hear from. It's not that he's not part of the story, but you've heard Jim Knowles say that they did most of their communicating by grunting throughout the year. Just uh, mm, uh, kind of a lower-tone, monotone guy, not the biggest ball of energy, but... Boy, when he's out there on the field, he plays it that way. And another guy I loved, big ball of energy, got to talk to him a couple times at the Cardale Jones softball event that we've done several years in a row. He's got a beautiful, he's a great baseball player, has a beautiful swing, can mash a softball. Steel Chambers, he was asked about his teammate, Tommy Eichenberg. Again, he's a psychopath, but he's also loving and endearing at heart. I'd probably just, I'd probably look at him more as a person than a, than, than a football player if I'm scouting him. And uh, he's just a dude that's willing to die for his brothers on the field. I like that. I like the way he speaks about him. And by the way, linebackers and defensive linemen, I think pretty much everyone, Marvin's not doing anything. We know that. But I believe everybody else is going to participate to the fullest extent. And they will be up tomorrow on Thursday. So Mike Hall Jr. is part of that mix, too. He'll be there. And I want to play, I'm going to play something on Friday show when we're back here and Tyvis will be along. He still kind of was wild with his 12 minutes with the media. He had some more things. That'll be fun for Friday show. But 
Uh, rest in peace, Richard Lewis. Just one of my favorites. Richard Lewis, comedian, actor. Uh, got big doing Curb Your Enthusiasm. Me and my mom really uh, connected on that show. It was kind of in my last couple of years living at home when that just became a special show and getting to know Richard Lewis, then researching, going back and looking at his stand-up comedy. He passes away, but a great Buckeye fan. Uh, loved the Buckeyes, so rest in peace, Richard. He died today. We've got some Jackets hockey, by the way. The Buckeye Show podcast available for download anywhere you get your audio. Check it out if you missed anything tonight. Jackets at the Rangers up next. Have a good night on the fan. The Buckeye Show is sponsored by CareSource. Proud to be your home for Ohio State Athletics. The Fan, Ohio sports destination.